Okay, um, so uh, we're done reviewing. I know some of you are going, oh, my prayers have been answered, God answers prayer. Um, so we are done reviewing and uh, we're about, we're gonna dive in. Um, and uh, I'm not gonna do all my normal disclaimers that I normally do. Um, so we have been talking about the Holy Spirit, just some of them. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit now for a couple of years and we've talked about all various aspects of the Holy Spirit and and uh, kind of one of the thing I want us all to get is that the only thing that really makes us different from all the rest of the world isn't our belief system it's not our culture it is the fact that we're filled with the Holy Spirit that's it the thing that makes us aliens on this earth is that our primary connection is now with God in heaven on the inside, God lives inside of us and we have a spirit. That spirit doesn't push us around, doesn't boss us around, doesn't dominate. Gentlemen, easy to quench, easy to just push in the back, easy to ignore, easy to not kind of think that that's who I am. But when I turn on purpose and invite Holy Spirit to lead, to guide, to be my best friend, stuff starts to happen. And life starts to change. And I don't mean weird stuff. I mean that thing where, you know how um, like secret agents have that earpiece? And like they're all there and then they're all at the same time. Not that I've seen this, but they all go. Like, because they all heard something. And, and in the same way, Holy Spirit will speak to us in ways that are very subtle. He's not human, his first language is in English, but if we're okay with that, then God wants to guide us in life. Romans 8, some verse in Romans 8 says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. A really appropriate question, if you're not too nervous to ask it, is how do you know you're a Christian? Here's a verse that tells you, and most of us would go, ooh, not sure if I'm a Christian, if that's the criteria, and it isn't the, the criteria only, but it is a criterion. Who is this your first time in the class? Yep, okay, oh boy. You're gonna have to go from zero to 60 in like three nanoseconds, and I apologize. <laughs> but I'm going to at least uh, review in one particular way that if you keep this uh, somewhere in the back of your mind, this whole class session and every other one, you'll be okay. And that is that the Holy Spirit, in essence, works in a balance of three ways, and so, Paul is talking to Timothy, he says, look, stir up the gift that's in you, the charisma that is in you, um, that was put on through the laying of my hands, and so we, we talked about how that worked in, in that day. And he said, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And we talked about that, that, we, that when we keep those three in balance, we'll be okay. If I go off on some power trip on the Holy Spirit, everything gets weird. The Holy Spirit goes, I don't even know who you are. What are you doing? You know, it's like a father giving his son a car and he goes and, and hot rods around town. He goes, I didn't give you the car to hot rod around town. I gave you the car because you get from point A to point B in a car. I didn't give you the car as a status symbol. I didn't give you the car um, so you could uh, dominate your friends and say, I have a car. I didn't give you the car so you could go do crummy things. I gave you a car to get from point A to point B and to be helpful with it. Oh, okay, and so I didn't give you the Holy Spirit for anything weird. I gave you the Holy Spirit 
so that through the Spirit you would live and move and have your being. And uh, I'm going to show you how to be, uh, you are by fact a stranger and alien in this earth. You have a dwelling and a country that is not this country and not this place. Come in, the baby section is right here. Um, okay, so having said all that, we are now going to talk about gifts of the Holy Spirit, or the gift, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I said that twice. Um, so let's talk about this. Um, what are some ways that you're classified? So you go, I'm a what? What are some ways that you're classified now? Father. Father, right. That's a good one for by my job. I'm a policeman. I'm a... What are some other ways you're classified? Myers-Briggs, right? I'm an ENTJ. I cannot help being in charge, okay? It's not my fault. Uh, Enneagram. Uh, I'm uh, on Medicare. <laughs> I know I don't look it, but actually I am. Uh, so, so there are a lot, oh, he's a type A personality. Um, they're millennials, you know, and so, so we have all these classifications. And when you ask yourself, is being classified easy or hard, um, it's hard to put people in boxes. And so when we talk about what is your gifting in the Holy Spirit, we have to be very careful that that is, is, is a shorthand method of describing something that has many variations. How many colors blue are there? I mean, there's infinite, almost, I mean, if you're a quantum thinker, then it's, there's not infinite colors of blue, but there's almost infinite blues, but they're all blue. And there's even sort of blue pattern, like a blue pattern shirt, okay? So, so he's got a blue shirt on, he's got a blue shirt on, she's got a blue shirt on, but every blue shirt in this room is different. And so in the same way, if we, if we look at sort of what is my primary, or we might say motivational gifting the Holy Spirit, you might say, well, it's this. But honestly, you could get all of those people in a corner and they would go, well, you're not anything like me, but you're still that, okay? And so I just want to be sure that, that when we start to look at ourselves and we start to look at gifts of the Holy Spirit, we don't do it in a way that just kind of throws us or people in a box, but we go, oh, this is a, this is a part of them. The other point I really want to make is that everything about you is a gift from God. Okay, so your intelligence, your athletic ability, or not that great of athletic ability, um, they're just, you can look at it across a whole array of things and those are all gifts from God. Okay, so, so you have many, many things. And even things that may have been intended for bad can turn out to be gifts from God when we cooperate with him. So Joseph said, you, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good, and all of Israel was saved. And so, so we can look at a lot of things. So we're, we're going to shrink down this massive list of gifts to this, this thing called gifts of the Holy Spirit. But even then, there's some wide diversity about it. Um, so let's talk about spiritual gifts. Okay, everybody okay now? Everybody's... Okay, I'm not nervous now. The front row is just not coming back from last week. <laughs> there. Okay, 
The Greek word for grace is charis. So we have girls named Carissa um, or Charis. Some people call it grace. If you add ma to it, grace mother, if you add charisma to it, you get a who I am package of grace, charisma. So the Holy Spirit's given me charisma. So probably the best way to think about that is that is that God looked across all of your life and he looked across the rest of your gifting personality package and said, who do I want, the, what do I want this person to do and to be in life? And in order to do that and be that, what will they need? And so God said, okay, and he said, yeah, oh boy, they're gonna need a lot of this, you know? And so each one of you then, God said, this is what my, my expectation for them is. This is what's going to fulfill them. It wasn't like, you know, dang it, they better do this. No, this is, this is how they're going to live a fulfilled life. And I'm going to make sure they have everything they need to do that. Everything. Nothing will be missing. These are some of my favorite verses. This verse here is my favorite verse in the whole Bible. Better than John 3.16 for me. Okay, I mean, that John 3.16 was good. But I live this one every day. I was on a burning airplane going down when this verse became really clear to me. God said, you're my workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, and it's not written you're going to die today. And I'm like, not be hurt either, right? It's like, yeah, okay. Um, but see, you are his workmanship. You are. The word there means craftsmanship. It doesn't mean stamped out in a factory. It means carving, sanding, finishing. You're his workmanship, created for good works in Christ. For Calo Ergon, good works. This word means not just good as in Boy Scout helping little old lady cross the street good. This means specifically tailored for you to change the world. Okay, to Kumalam, change the world which God prepared beforehand, so the works are prepared. The things that you're to walk in are already prepared. Parents hide Easter eggs for children to find, not from them, right? Wouldn't it be a bummer if <laughs> they didn't find any job accomplished? I mean, no, if they don't find any, you go. <laughs> and then a little child, whoa, dad, I found this one. Oh, wow. See, and, and that's how God works. God has prepared works for you to find so that you walk in them. The only thing that will happen when you stand before God is he'll say, how many Easter eggs did you find? Did you find them all? And there's a huge knucklehead factor built in here so that when we mess up, God goes, see, if a, if a child walks past an egg and misses it, the parent doesn't go, you idiot. The parent goes, right? And so that's, that's where we are. So. Everything that you need to accomplish these works is part of his workmanship. And so the gift package of the Holy Spirit is in you. Nothing is missing. Wouldn't it be crazy if the God who prepared these works for you didn't prepare you for the works? Right? So, so you're, you're absolutely prepared. Now, I'm not saying you won't get stretched. You will get stretched. I'm not saying you won't run into sin that seem impossible, but all things are possible for them who love God and are called according to his works, right? 
Now, Paul didn't mean I can do all things, like fly. I don't have superpowers. But I can do all things that I'm called to do. Everything I'm called to do, I can do. Will there be suffering? Yes. Will Satan hate you? Yeah, if you don't meet Satan head on, you're not going in exactly the right direction. Okay? Being opposed by darkness is a sign that you're right on track. Okay? It's not I've gone in a ditch and that makes it hard. Okay. God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Right? The superstore. Here we go. By the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. So each of you have what you need in this charisma. There's nothing missing. Not one thing is missing. So to look at someone else and be jealous is a little crazy because it either means you haven't discovered this thing yet, you haven't dug to, oh, look what's down in the bag. You know, you haven't gone to the bottom of the bag yet, or you haven't developed it, or you're trying to do something that's not a work prepared for you. One of the hardest things that I ever run into is Christians who, because of dysfunction or pain or jealousy or something, try to do something or be something they're not called to do and be. And it's hard plowing. It just is. It's, it's they're not good at it, but they want it for a reason that God says, I have something better for you, but no, I want to do this. And you just go, oh, because you don't know what to do. Because they're not bad people. They're, they just it's like they're playing a guitar that's a little bit out of tune and you're going, should I say something? You know, okay. So everything is there for you. Okay, so any questions about that? Pretty clear. It'll be challenged. Christians walking in the power of the Holy Spirit are the only thing that Satan fears. He doesn't fear religion. He only fears Christians who walk in the Holy Spirit because they're doing the thing that will overcome the world. We, even when we know nothing about this concept, we still stumble into the things. It's like, you'll find Easter eggs just because you're a Christian. I mean, you have to. But thinking about this on purpose is what this class is about, okay? Every, every person at Otter Creek has the Holy Spirit if they're, if they're born of God, and God is leading them, tweaking them, helping them. What we're trying to do in this class is say, what, if, what would it look like if we did that on purpose? If we said, oh, okay. You know, it's kind of like a bodybuilder goes, what would it, or someone who wants to get in shape goes, what would it look like if I actually did stuff to get in shape? I mean, I walk to work and I do, but what would it look like if I actually went to CrossFit or something? Well, it might look kind of different. And so we're, we're kind of looking at that. So this is not in any way to say that all of our brothers and sisters aren't gifted. They are. It's only to say that in this class, among all the classes here, we're going to focus on on how do we stir up that gift, like, like uh, Paul said to Timothy, how do we stir that up inside of us? You go to another class and it's how do we stir up social justice inside of us, okay? So this is just one of the spectrum of classes. Okay. Can you tell that I have a long experience of sometimes you get this whole Holy Spirit thing inside of you and you start walking around like, I'm the man, and I'm just like, no. This should make you the greatest servant and the most humble person when you realize God is actually doing it all inside of you. This should cause great humility and fear of God to fall on us, okay? All right, here we go. Um, so the first thing I want to do plunging into this is to organize things for our thinking. And so Paul does a really good job in 1 Corinthians 12. 
concerning spiritual things. Now, if you look at your Bible in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, does it say something besides spiritual things there? I know it doesn't say spiritual things. Gifts, Gifts, right? It says, now concerning spiritual gifts. That's a bad translation. Doma, one word for gifts. Charisma is not in that verse. The author is trying to imply that that's what Paul is saying, but it's not what he's saying. Okay? Okay, now we'll, we'll get back to that in a minute. Concerning things of the Spirit, I don't want you to be unaware. So this is that same word, idiotos, which means uninformed. Okay? I don't want you to be uninformed. Okay? Concerning things of the Spirit, I don't want you to be uninformed. Then he goes on for two verses going, look, guys, you can't say stupid things in church and think it's the Holy Spirit, okay? And then he comes back to how things work. And we're going to skip that part because we all know that. Okay, so let's look at these things. So the word there is pneumaticon, pneuma, spirit. So the word here is now concerning the things of the Holy Spirit. Well, not even Holy Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Spirit, of God's Spirit and our spirits, concerning those things, everything that's part and parcel with walking in the Spirit, I don't want you to be uninformed. Okay? Okay, so, so, Paul, so now Paul is going to organize things so that we're informed and we have a framework out of which to live. Okay? He first frames things. So he, so he says, the varieties, 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 and I wanted to tell us what varieties meant because it's a really specific word that's only used these three times in the New Testament. And it means this, and I, I struggle struggling, and I said, oh, all the Ds. This sounds like, like, a, like a preacher verse. Um, difference and distinction through division and distribution. Okay, so when it says varieties, it says, I have this bag of things, and I pull out certain things that are distinct and different for a particular person, the superstore. This is the superstore word. And I divide it into for all my people, and then I give it to them. Okay, so I'm going, Mike, Jeannie. Okay, and so I'm, <coughs> see me do that for Jeannie. Anyway, <laughs> and, and so he says, now, there, there's difference and distinctions for each person that I'm dividing out and distributing to them. So there are varieties of gifts. That's charisma. There are varieties of gift packages of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. Okay? So this is charisma. This is the gift package we're talking about. This is the, this is who I am gifting, okay? I have a charisma package. This is my package. And there are varieties of them, but the same spirit. So the Holy Spirit is involved in, in this package, okay? There are varieties of ministries, all right, but the same Jesus. So Jesus is involved in saying, okay, you got this gift package. I need you here. I need you here. Ooh, you're going to need to move to France. Need you there. Okay? Sorry, girl. I'm not sorry. I'm excited for you. It's a small world. We can, we can Skype. Okay. And so Jesus, so the Holy Spirit 
creates these gift package people. Jesus got you, 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 Andy. I'm going to need you at Otter Creek for the next few years. But, 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 Mike, I'm going to see. So he, he, he's, he's the one who picks where we go. Okay. Jesus said, "It's my body. I, I know my body better than anybody. I need you, you." And then there are varieties of effects, but the same Father God who works all things in all persons. So that's energema, the energizing of it. So when we look at how this thing works, I have a gift package from the Holy Spirit. I'm given ministry by Jesus, and that changes through time. Same package forever, but it matures. Different ministries through time. And the father goes, watch this. Right? It's like your dad setting you up in business, and he's calling all of his contacts to make sure you're successful. But he says, don't tell him I called you. Okay, so in a way, Holy Spirit goes, this is yours and this is you. Take it, have fun with it in this life. There's a lot of buttons there you're going to learn to use later and dials. Jesus goes, oh, I need one of those right here for right now because this thing's about to start. And and influences you to, to go there. And the father goes, thanks, boys, we're all set. And he makes it happen. Okay. So that's how this whole process works. And then it says, no, look, on the other hand, and this, this means but, or on the other hand, so now he's talking about a different thing. And he says, so this is how the structure works. And then he says, now look, each one is given the, or a manifestation of the spirit for the common good. And this is a different thing. Okay, this word means I'm now changing the subject or I'm changing, I'm talking about something in addition to these three things. Okay, so this is who I am. I have a charisma. This is what I'm currently doing with it. I have a ministry from Jesus. And oh golly, this is what's happening and it's pretty cool. And in the midst of it, when I'm in the midst of doing it, all of a sudden, I need a socket wrench with a three-quarter inch open-ended socket, and the Holy Spirit gives that to me, and I go, hey, thanks. All of a sudden, I need this tool. My dad, I went through his garage this last week. He passed away a few weeks ago, and there was stuff in there. I have no idea what it is, and I'm like a geeky engineer. I mean, there were outside micrometers that you would, you would just... I mean, they're from like 1940, a micrometer this big that you dial and get to a thousandth of an inch. It's like, who needs to do that? But I brought it home just in case I needed to do it. Um, (laughs) And so then, so then this, this is the, the structure. Okay. Now let's, let's make that look, let's make that look like summer camp. Okay. So you're, you're a camper. Now there are varieties of skills needed at the camp, but there's one trainer who helps each camper get skilled or trained in one thing, right? So there's a trainer at the camp. We'll call that Holy Spirit. He says, ooh, okay, you're, you're going you're gonna to be a cook in the kitchen or a cook out. You're gonna, but you're going to be a cook. Cook is the basic thing you're going to be. Okay, you're going to take care of the grounds. You're really loud and vivacious. That's your Enneagram type you're going to be a cheer person and an energizer for the sports teams. 
And so you got all these, these, these basic skills that the trainer, then the camp coordinator assigns each skilled camper to a certain job. So the co camp coordinator goes, okay, I need seven people who know how to cook. Okay, you're gonna cook evenings, you're gonna do breakfast, you're gonna do lunches, you're gonna, you're gonna hike with the people who go out and you're gonna do the cooking around the campfire on the hikes. And um, you're kind of got kind of an attitude, so you're gonna clean the kitchen for the first couple weeks, okay? And, and so, <clears throat> so the coordinator assigns, so, so I have basic skills from the trainer. The coordinator tells me what to do at camp. So I have a skill and I'm gonna use that skill here. Maybe if I'm there all summer, the second round of camps, I'll go from there and I'll start doing this. And maybe by the end, I'm so skilled at it and so good and so faithful and my character is so strong that he says, I'm gonna put you in charge of all the cooking at camp, okay? And so I stay within my skill, but I change ministry depending on my character and my faithfulness to God and my trust in God. How do I use my skill? Everything I need is there but God is not going to overrule your heart and your character and make you be good. That's us. That's our part of it. Okay? I'm going to give you a ministry that you can handle, and it will stretch you. And if you say yes, and you let that ministry destroy in you the works of the devil, watch what happens in your life. You're going to go from glory to glory to glory to glory. And it's going to, you're going to look back, and you're going to go, huh. I started here. See, God doesn't want us to fail in big things. So he always starts, if you're faithful in little, you'll be faithful in much. So he starts in a way where if you fail, it's not a huge deal. He says, if you're faithful with money, you'll be faithful in spiritual things. This is all in Matthew. You'll be faithful in spiritual things. So he gives you charge early in life of things that aren't big spiritual things, but things that are kind of practical to see, if, see what you'll do with them. And he says, if you're faithful in that which belongs to another, you'll get your own. So mostly our children, and maybe us, we start with small, mostly financial or worldly things that belong to somebody else. I'm working for the man cleaning kitchens in his restaurant. But if I'm faithful in that, I use that gifting that I have, and God goes, yeah, how, how would you like to be a partner in a restaurant? How would you like to own 10 restaurants? See, but he doesn't start there because if I fail, it's spectacular and it'll kill me. He starts in ways that's safe for me, okay? <clears throat> so the coordinator does that. <clears throat> the camp director makes sure everything works out right or that it can work out right. He doesn't make sure it works out right because that would make him a dictator, not a director. So he gives you everything you need and he's behind you all the way. But if you, out of ignorance, out of rebellion, or out of fear, back away from the calling or out of a desire for other things. Remember the parable of the sower of the hearts? Okay. If we back away, it won't work out all right. And God will say, let's try it again. And we can kind of circle the mountain. <laughs> we, we can go back to the desert for 40 years to get it right. God's okay with that. He's got all time in the world and out of the world. We don't. Okay? 
So the director will make sure it can go all right. It will stretch you, and it might look like it's not going all right some of the time. And Satan will attack you, and things can look horrible, but you just be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing your work in him is not in vain. 1 Corinthians 15, 30-something. Okay? Does this all make sense to you? Okay, so those three things are happening, <clears throat> and then in the midst of you doing a job, you go, oh, I need a, oh, hey, thanks. Okay, and the trainer goes, oh, yeah, you're going to need a Brillo pad for that. I got Brillo pad. Here. Thanks. Okay, and so right when you need something, the trainer goes, oh, here. You go, oh. Okay, or maybe he gives you a bunch of them and says you're going to need a bunch of these, so there's a box of them under the sink. Okay, so the trainer does that. So this is your charisma. This is your diconia. This is the energema. And this is the manifestation of the spirit, the phanerosis, the clearly visible work of the spirit in your life. Okay, so if, <clears throat> does, that, does that seem clear how that works? So I, I have a charisma package that is just as much part of me as my Enneagram type is, as my body shape is, as my genome is. It's part of me. It's, my, it's basically my spiritual genome. Okay? I have that. I get to know that through obedience to God in ministries, in jobs, in obedience, and I learn the thing that Jesus has said, Jesus learned obedience by the things that he suffered. We're no better than him. We learn obedience sometimes through saying no and self-denial. If I'm looking for glory and honor on my own, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay small. And if staying small bothers me, I'll step out of the Christian world and Satan will help me be big in the dark world. Okay? He loves to take someone with high potential in the Christian world but poor character and cause them to grow here under the flesh. And sometimes it even looks Christian, but it's not. Okay? So when we're, oh, you just see everybody go, ooh. Okay, so <clears throat> that's just the way the world is. Satan hates this dynamic because this is God's plan for intergalactic conquest. Okay, this is his plan. Doesn't have a plan B. He's got a plan A. You, me plan A. Okay, so let's do a little, another little analogy. So <clears throat> here are two lights. So the light is your charisma. It's where the light is screwed in is your diconia. And the fact that light flows you, through you is the energy of God, the energy of God flowing through you. Okay, so here's a light, big spotlight with an attitude. And here's a little light, night light with an attitude. And they're just, that's, that's where they start out. And so God goes, I'm going to need to stick you in a basement, <laughs> right? And you, little one, I'm going to stick you in a drawer. And that drawer might look like abandonment, but actually I'm waiting on you. And the drawer is right where you can be found. It looks like I've left you alone, but actually... I'm building you up and saving you. I'm putting you in my secret place to build you up. Okay? You 
I'm sticking in the basement ceiling where almost nobody goes because you need to realize it's not about your spotlight. Okay, so then maybe after a while, <clears throat> they each get a different job. The spotlight felt a little funny about this job, <clears throat> but after a while, he realized how much fun people had, A, looking at the fixture, not him, and looking at the things he shined his light on, not him, and he began to realize, ha, huh, my job as a spotlight is to be in a beautiful fixture, almost invisible, and shine light at a beautiful thing. Huh, so he grew up, right, he grew up. This little nightlight said, I was in the drawer, and one dark night went, and I shine this light. It's still kind of secret, I'm not on during the day, but I really like what I'm doing. I'm, I'm good at what I'm doing. Then, later on, they both, oh stop it, they both find their place. Right? The Christmas tree light is now at the top of the tree because it's been faithful all these years and the spotlight enjoys nothing better than shining the spotlight on the tree. Nobody looks as, you know, you walk past the spotlight to look at the tree, but the spotlight has learned that when it itself is in the spotlight, it's miserable because it's not made to be in the spotlight. And the little light learns that I'm good anywhere because I'm I'm a nightlight. I'm fine anywhere. And being put at the top of the tree doesn't make me more or less important. It just makes me, uh, I'm happy to be in a drawer. I'm happy to be in a hallway. I'm happy to be on top of the tree. So, so they've each, <clears throat> does that kind of make sense? Okay. Okay, so they've, they've each, uh, my, well, I have to give Susan credit for that. <laughs> so so they've, each, they've, each learned, they've each learned their place, and through time, the combination of their gifting and God working on their character puts them in the perfect position in life. And they die absolutely satisfied with what's happened in life. They die with people going, he had no idea who he was. Okay? And so that's God's plan for us, for each one of us. The more that we're ignorant of that plan, 1041. Oh, I'm spot on time. This is so unusual. Uh, <laughs> and good. Uh, <clears throat> the more um, ignorant we are of that, the more we kind of stumble into it, and it's sort of inefficient. And the more that we learn, the, the more that we're ignorant of it, the more we opt for things that seem more predictable, right? Remember when we talked about operating in your soul versus operating in your spirit? Operating the soul is pretty predictable. <clears throat> you can, let's take a church, and I'm not pointing to this or any other church. You could take a church and say, we could really trust in God to do unusual things and make space for him, or we could have a rigid order and not make space for Holy Spirit. This is predictable. We'll be out by 915. Okay, we'll be, and so, <clears throat> and so every pastor who follows the Holy Spirit, every church, every group of elders go, how do we do that tripod balance of the Holy Spirit, right? Power, love, and a sound mind. We do have to have announcements today, okay? And there's some churches go, no, we're just going to follow God. And three hours later, there's mothers keeping kids at the back of the church going, I hate church. And kids are going, I hate church. 
and there's 17 people just having great worship time. And you go, I, I'm not sure that is God. I think God's at the back of the church too, you know. <clears throat> Keeping kids. You know, I mean, you might just be having a, you might just be having a blowout worship time, but you've lost the tripod. And so, the, and so we know that there are not only churches, but there are people who've lost the tripod. So this gifting, um, God could accomplish every one of the things that he's called you to do easier than you, but that's not his point. His point is so that you grow because you're an eternal child of his. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for us. When I said this is his plan for intergalactic conquest, I wasn't kidding. You will have a body that can exist in outer space, that can fly through time and space. You're going to be like him. That's what he could do. You could fish and catch fish, okay? He caught fish. Um, I'm not so sure that we won't have a picnic on Alpha Centauri a million years from now. I'm not so sure. I think we might. There's a new heavens and a new earth, and it's probably as infinite as this heavens and this earth, but we'll be a different class of people. We'll be the sons of light. I don't know what that'll be like. I can only imagine, as the song goes. Yes? I've, I've seen human nature in Christianity. If you're the little nightlight going to the door, and you know that you're seeing the first light, tendency in people to say, well, I'm not a very good Christian, because I don't understand that. I'm only a little over the door. Yeah. And it, it put, really put people spiritually down. Yeah. Yeah, Paul, uh, um, Paul says if we compare ourselves by ourselves, we're without knowledge. Because at the end of your life, God will not say, how did you do compared to Joe? He'll say, how did you do compared to the works I laid out for you? See, if Billy Graham had, had, was supposed to save 9 million people and he saved 4 million and a half, he'd get a 50%. If you're supposed to save two people and you save four, you get a 200 Okay, because see, he's given you gifts to do what you're called to do. It was just as easy for Billy Graham to preach and save millions as it is for you to do the thing you're supposed to do. And he judges you not on a scale, a curve with everybody. He judges you compared to what he's given you. Remember the minus? There's two stories of the minus, and they're to illustrate two different things. But the one who was given two and had four got the same reward as the one who's given 10 and had 20. The same reward, okay, because they doubled it. Does that make sense? So your ability <clears throat> to become all God's called you to do is within you now. The kingdom of heaven is within you, and you can do that. And so our goal then is to say, Lord, how do I begin to walk that way? How does that, how does that happen? Yeah, now I'm late. <clears throat> so we'll come back to this next time, or maybe the time after. So then Paul, when he says, okay, so that last step of the camp counselor, so right, right when you need it, the, the trainer gives you something. Okay, these are the things that he gives you. <clears throat> these are one time, I'm going to go out on a limb here, but I got lots of years of thinking other and finding out it didn't work. These are one-time things that are available to every single person at a point of need and a point of belief. These are the tools of the Holy Spirit that are given to any believer when they need it. 
when there's faith and point of need, when faith and point of need meet each other, we can trust God for these kinds of things to operate in our lives. They're in the Holy Spirit's tool belt, and he will give them to you at a point of need. So someone's charisma package isn't tongues. Tongues is available essentially to everyone. Now, we'll talk about that, but being able to prophesy is available to everyone. Being able to lay hands on and heal is available to everyone. Every one of these things is available to everyone at a point of need. Your role in the body isn't any of those things. It's just like saying my role is a wrench. No, your role is, is to fix engines and you have a wrench. Okay? Now we're going to come back to this. Some of you go, wait, I thought that, no. <clears throat> These are tools in the toolkit of the Holy Spirit who will give them to you as a believer. Okay? <clears throat> so when you look at that list of things, you can't say, I'm tongues. That, that makes no sense. You can say, uh, I'm mercy, mercy is my thing, exhortation is my thing, but you can't say, I am tongues. No, tongues is something you're given to help you in your life. And it comes at a place of faith, a point of need, okay? If you put yourself in Africa in harm's way, you'll find miracles happen. A lot of missionaries say, anybody can work miracles in Africa, <laughs> you're so desperate, right? <clears throat> Any last questions? Okay, I know you're kind of going, oh, whoa. I'll load this up on the uh, website and, um, or send it to Mike, and uh, the recording will be here. Bless you. Thanks.